0: Hello and welcome to Insights, the podcast with your host, Joe Parnay. Join me in this deep exploration of our personal journeys from ambition to meaning, where we stop living life fast and start living life deep. This is a journey of waking up and realizing that our lives have never been about us, but about others. True success leaves positive ripple effects on other souls. I believe that success needs to be redefined from our own personal ambitious endeavors to be redefined as the value that we leave and give to others around us. Join me now as we begin this journey to deeper connections, even more fulfillment, some fun, curiosity, life, love, and all good things. Your deeper journey from ambition to meaning starts right now. Hey, everyone. Joe here. Welcome to Episode 11. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really appreciating uh, so many of you sending me private notes via Messenger and different bits and pieces. I really appreciate your uh, encouragement and also your comments on the podcast so far. I also really didn't know until only uh, a few days ago that um, there's about 29 five-star reviews on iTunes. So I really deeply appreciate your support. Thank you so much. It's beautiful. This is my first ever you know podcast sort of episodes and uh, and I'm really um, loving the encouragement. So thank you so much. Hey, I thought uh, I'd start talking in this podcast or focusing on some seven key insights or seven key choice points, focus points, seven areas psychologically, mentally, emotionally that we can focus on for this crazy end of this decade coming up very soon. I mean, it's incredible that twenty twenty is upon us. It is amazing that the third decade of the 21st century is here. There's just something about that number, 2020. It's like, you know, when it was 2015, then it goes into 16, 17, the years kind of silently passed by. But this is a bit of a wake-up call for all of us to say, hey, this is a new decade. And then you start thinking, well, I certainly have. Where will I be at the end of this decade? I'll be 60, which is just ridiculous to think. It is just crazy to think that. And time is passing by so quick. I mean, that's certainly my experience and every room I've been in, in terms of the trainings I've delivered in the last, especially this year, whether we're talking a business environment, a private environment, a schooling environment, um, a sporting environment, whatever environments I've been in this year, we're all saying the same thing. We can't believe it's going so quick. So let's have a look at these seven key areas that I believe will contribute significantly to our emotional fitness. For the next decade, these seven key areas that are excellent um, in management tools. By management, I mean managing ourselves—you know—to self-correct, self-guide, self-coach, self-direct. And these seven key areas I've presented many times on many on many stages. And and the um, the, the the practicality of this is what seems to make this these seven focus points or seven choice points very uh, very popular. So let's have a look at them. We'll go through them one at a time. So these are these are seven key areas of emotional well-being, I guess you could say, that you may want to consider for the new decade. Um, and I am going to hop into them in, my, in a second. I just wanted to add a couple of other things as I'm thinking as I'm speaking with you, and that is that you know there's a lot of us who want to go into this next decade where perhaps we need to let go of something, or let go of many things, or we want to change something, or We want to embrace something that's really unknown. It could be a career shift. It could be a relationship shift. It could be a geographical shift. It could be a spiritual shift. Uh, It could be any kind of change that we want. And we certainly don't want the next decade to be full of the same problems. You know, I've often said to my clients, you know, the worst problem that we can have is the same problem over and over and over and over again. We want to upgrade our problems. We want our problems in 2020 and beyond to be completely different to the kinds of problems that we've had in the past decade. So life's not about getting rid of problems, it's about trading in the current problems for higher quality problems. As we say in the coaching space, risky problems, problems that involve or have growth in them. You know, safe problems are low quality problems where there's no growth. So um, these seven key areas of focus Or or, or another way of actually referring to these seven key areas are like seven key abilities to managing our emotional fitness. So let's have a look at what they are, one at a time. So the first one is our choice, and this is a choice, all of these are choices, is the choice to inspire ourselves. To inspire ourselves. I reckon there's nothing wrong with choosing to be your own hero. And I don't mean that from an egotistical, narcissistic perspective. I mean genuinely where you value, we value ourselves as much as we value other people. That's, that's a, a phenomenal way to be, a phenomenal goal to have, a phenomenal focus point. The ability to inspire yourself is to really come from within where your decisions are actually coming from your true self, meaning that your decisions are aligned to your values rather than to somebody else's values or decisions that are, that are affected or motivated by external sources, whether it's family or work or you know whatever it might be. The ability to inspire yourself is to live a life where you're loyal to your soul, you're loyal to your values, you're loyal to your emotional compass. And I believe this takes a lot of courage. And to have the courage to actually follow your own value set means you need to be prepared to be misunderstood. And that's a big part of living the life of someone who, you know, is aligned to their values and someone who's living that life where you're, whether you're you're in the ambition driven world or the meaning driven world, or you're transforming from one to the other. it's, uh, It's all about the ability to see within what matters to you and make some decisions for this next decade where you're living your true essential self. Um, In a future podcast, might be the next one, I don't really know which one it'll be, we'll talk about boundaries because boundaries are what are required to protect those values and we'll we'll dedicate a whole other chat or insight to those. So the first key point, first key choice point, and this is a choice, is the ability to inspire yourself. We can all think of a time in the past when we were either at our best or um, when we did something that was outside of our comfort zone and we didn't burst into flames, that we were okay, that we survived. In fact, we did better than that. We actually did great. Um, it could be a moment of the birth of our first child. It could be the transition of one career path to a completely different one. It can be any of these transitional points. And in those moments, we had to be inspired. Um, and, and, I, and I believe that uh, this first choice point, focus point, to choose to inspire yourself, to be your own hero is something that is a beautiful gift, one of the best gifts that we could give ourselves. The next key point is this, is the ability or the choice to persist against frustration. This is the second one. This is number two, the choice to persist against frustration. It's inevitable that life will throw us all kinds of problems, all kinds of dark tunnels, all kinds of ups and downs, and those downs, those setbacks, those challenges, whatever you want to call them, we'll just call them setbacks for the sake of our conversation here, embedded in those setbacks is frustration. And that's inevitable. You know, I've been reading a lot lately about the um, the Stoic philosophy, which is quite misunderstood. You know, I thought the Stoicism was all about uh, living emotionless, like suppressing emotion. It's actually the very opposite of that. It's actually about amplifying positive emotion and minimizing negative emotion. And one of the things that the Stoics talk about, uh, and, I'm, and I spoke about this in one of the last podcasts, is the power, I think it was episode eight, forgive me if I've got that wrong, but one of the episodes where I talk about the power of negative visualization, where we picture things to be worse than what they really are, and that way we're better prepared for what's coming. And I believe that it's a healthy question to ask yourself, what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst thing that can happen in my career, or in my health, or in my marriage, or in my finances? And, and it better equips us to handle any setbacks that are inev- inevitable in life. And to persist against frustration is the hallmark of an emotional adult. It really is. And that's something that I admire in anyone that embraces uh, this persistence in the, in the darkest of the dark, the most frustrating of moments. Um, a lot of people, when they meet with a dark tunnel, they fold. It's too easy to quit when things get hard. That's just life. That's just how it is. And you know, I don't want to quote cliches here. you know whoever said it, you know life isn't meant to be easy. I mean, that that whole quote of life isn't meant to be easy. can easily be misunderstood. Um, but I believe that uh, frustrations are inevitable. People frustrate us. Um, we could be frustrated by um, money. We could be frustrated by our energy. We could be frustrated by opportunity. Um there's a whole range of different things that can frustrate us. and, to persist against that frustration is, as I say, the hallmark of an emotional adult. The third focus point, the third key choice point is the choice to delay gratification, to think long game. Now, let me explain this because feeling gratitude and, uh, well, gratitude is a different conversation, but the ability to delay gratification is about playing the long game. This is where we're not, so the opposite of delaying gratification, Is where we're emotionally reacting to the moment and making decisions that are that are erratic irrational and emotionally driven so quite often when the the frustrations come for example we need to be thinking long game We we need to be thinking you know from the context of our future self i was just i was just sharing with um some beautiful people i was just recently with in a in a training how i i reckon a great strategy is where you take your future self forward to three years from now, which will be the third year in this new decade, 2022, in fact. And if you go forward to what you want to move toward and what you want to create in your life, go to that future self in three years time and make your decisions from that point now. In other words, instead of making decisions based on the past and based on past frustrations and issues and problems and whatever, is take yourself forward to where you want to be in three years time and who you want to be with and what you want to be doing and what kinds of experiences you want to have. What is that sort of semi-long game? And base make your decisions like as if you are already there and you're making those decisions now. I love that. I love that thought. Thank you, Colin Boyd. I actually heard one of your uh, classes on this and I loved it. If you're listening to this podcast, that's where I got it from. So delay gratification is the third choice point, the third focus point, the third area of a choice that we have with our emotional focus in the new year, in the new decade. Um, It's long game. That's what it's all about. The next one is very much closely related to number three. Number four is the choice to regulate our mood. How many times have we been tempted to yell at someone in traffic? How many times have we wanted to react to our spouse or to yell at our children or whatever the example might be, to yell at ourselves, to tell ourselves off or beat ourselves up. That's a response to the mood of the moment. It's a response, an emotional reaction to the moment. And similarly to delaying gratification, I mean, delaying gratification, the third point that is, that can be taken on any level, not just emotionally, but also pragmatically, physically on any level. This one here, the fourth point, the fourth choice point, the choice to regulate mood. Well, this is more to do with everyday experience, or every week experience, or you know the the weekly, monthly experiences that we have in our jobs or our home lives or whatever it might be. You know, um, if we based all of our decisions on a mood, we would never get anything done. I mean, think about it. Have you ever been on 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 lying on the couch or sitting on the couch at night, and you're slowly fading away, and uh, or even in the afternoon if you're home or early evening and you're fading away? Try making an inspirational decision when you're feeling like that, it's impossible. It, you can't even see what it's po- like, you can't see what you, from that point emotionally, you're just clouded over with the blindness of the mood of the moment and you can't see how great things can be or you can't see how things can be different. So to regulate mood, someone asked me, I was with some uh, a group of lawyers the other day, a beautiful group of lawyers who were uh, who invited me in to talk with them and share with them my thoughts on emotional health and fitness. And one of the questions that I was asked was, you know, what's your tip on one something we could do first thing, on, first thing in the morning? And my answer was simple. In one word, I just said, move, move, do something, do, go for a walk, go for a run, go for a swim, find a mode of exercise that excites you and that you enjoy because that sets up your mood for the day. And then you, it's easier to regulate your mood for the rest of the day rather than, you know, <sighs> coming off the night you know the night before eating crappy food having too much wine and the next morning you're feeling hazy and and fazy and uh you know trying to trying to inspire yourself you try to inspire yourself when you're feeling bloated and heavy and hazy and cloudy I mean it's virtually impossible so we've got to feed ourselves well and 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 then you know we've got to move in the morning and i find running in my case running is is, is one way I get to regulate my mood and even if i don't run I still choose to regulate my mood and in terms of what I want to focus on. So that's number four. Number five. Number five, this can easily be misunderstood, guys, so let me explain it. Five is the choice, the focus of hope, of hope, to have hope. So what this means in the context of our conversation is we've always, I believe we should always have something to look forward to. When we've always got something to look forward to. Some, and I'm not talking about the annual holiday. That's great to look forward to that. That's phenomenal. But that's only, you know, for most of us, three or four weeks of the year, right? For for all the other weeks of the year, well, we should have something to look forward to every 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 day or every week. I know, for example, uh, speaking of food, and this is going to fly against what I just said a few minutes ago, but every Thursday night is pizza night in our house. Thursday night, because that's when my son Nicholas plays tennis. Um, and Oliver's home from school. And I don't know, it's just that we just have a pizza night Thursday night. I look forward to it. I love it. I love having pizza once a week. Sometimes it's twice a week if I'm cheeky, but once a week, I'll just look forward to it. I have something to look forward to every morning. If I'm, if I'm going for a run, I look forward to that. I love my work. So if I've got a training coming up, I'm looking forward to that. Have something to look forward to, whether it's a meal that you share with someone that you love, whether it's a hobby or a ritual that you have, a whether you're musical or creative or whether you're physical or whether you're intellectual, have have something, a hobby or a ritual of some kind that lights your fire, that lifts your spirit. We need to have something to look forward to. And when we've got something to look forward to, guess what? It's easier to regulate mood. It's easier to delay gratification. It's easier to persist against frustration when in the background we've got something in our forward to look forward to. And it's easier to inspire ourselves when we're feeling good because we're looking forward to something. So hope is something that I reckon is underrated or maybe it's overrated. I don't know. But I reckon having something to look forward to every week and we can all be creative and find something to look forward to makes a massive difference to how we feel overall. So number, what am I up to? Number six? Number six. Number six is the ability or the focus point or the choice point to empathize, to empathize, empathize with ourselves, to have compassion and empathy for those around us, you know, not to allow ourselves to get easily frustrated. Going back to the other point about, uh, you know, regulating mood and persist against frustration. Well, without empathy, it's very difficult to embrace the persistence of frustration, for example. Um, point number Two, I think that was. So empathy, Empathy for so empathy, I'm talking about empathy for self, empathy for those in traffic, empathy for those, I'll talk about traffic in a moment, empathy for those at work. And by this, I don't mean feeling sorry for people. That is arrogant. That, that's ir- egotistical. I don't mean that. What I mean is, I'll give you an example. Um, have you ever been in slow-moving traffic and being caught in a keep-clear zone, and then in that moment, there's a car that's coming out of the street and they can't get out because you're blocking the way. And 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 a moment ago, you didn't realize that the traffic was going to stop and you just happened to find yourself in that clear way zone. Have you ever had that experience? I know I've done that without thinking, like I'm in traffic, I'm moving along, suddenly the traffic stops, suddenly I'm in the clear way zone and there's a guy that has to get out of, the, out, of, out of that street. And suddenly I feel, especially if that guy's having a bad day and he starts to Bips his horn at me it's like but I didn't mean it I just did, did. you can't you can't that's not gonna that's not gonna rub well so so why am I telling you this because how many times have you been on the opposite end of this, of the of the stick where I've come out of a street and there's a car in the middle of a clearway zone and I remember I remind myself how I've done that in the past unaware that I was actually about to do it so I immediately have empathy for that person stuck in that clear way And if I have to stop and wait, I have to stop and wait. That's just how it is. But having empathy for them calms the farm. It chills me out. It makes me just compassionate for the moment. And it's okay. It's not not a stressor anymore. Now, that's just traffic. What about, have you ever said something to someone and, and, and it's been completely and utterly misunderstood, completely blown out of proportion? Have you ever had that? Well, how often do we misunderstand others and judge other people in terms of what they've said to us or a text message that's come that we've not understood or whatever it might be? The ability to empathize is a key ability. It is a key choice point. It's a choice. So I trust the examples I'm giving you can be, uh, you can translate that into your own life. The seventh and final choice point for 2020 and beyond is the choice to control impulse, to control impulse. I've I've got a fundamental rule in life, and that is I never, ever respond or speak to someone when I'm feeling emotional. And what I mean by that, if I've been triggered by something that someone said, I never speak, I never retaliate, I never react, because I know that in the past when I have, I will always say something that I'll feel bad about, something that is wrong, something that will hurt people, something that you will regret. It's just awful. So that's one example of controlling impulse. The other aspect of controlling impulse is that like a lot of us going into the next decade, we're going to be making new promises for ourselves and we're going to be tempted very early on to let go of those promises or to sacrifice those promises or to change those promises or to justify why those promises aren't appropriate anymore. Whatever it might be, you know, don't, don't make decisions based on a fleeting, reactionary, triggering emotional moment. Base those decisions on where you want to be in the future. And controlling impulse is a big part of that. So I trust that you can see that how all these seven come together. Now, I'll reverse engineer these. So by controlling impulse, it actually fuels our ability to control impulse helps with our empathy of self and empathy of others. By having empathy for self, it opens us up nicely to focus on something to look forward to because having something to look forward to, having the focus point of hope, having something to look forward to in hope. Whether it's a meal with someone or a physical activity or a musical instrument that you're playing or something to do with work, if you love your work or anything it might be, makes it easier to be empathetic when we've got something to look forward to. When we've got something to look forward to, back to point number five, we're able to regulate our mood easier. And by regulating our mood, it is suddenly easier and more sustainable to delay gratification. And when we can do that, guess what we can do easier as well? Persist against frustration. And suddenly, we become we have this capacity to inspire ourselves and be our own hero. So I'll do a quick repeat of these seven, and I trust and hope that these seven key focus points, these seven key areas of um, of choice, I trust and hope will contribute something to the quality of your life experience as we open the doors to the next decade, the third decade of the twenty first century. So in summation the first key choice point for the next decade is the ability the choice to inspire ourselves by inspiring ourselves we're going to the second one which is our ability or our choice point to persist against frustration our third one is the uh, the choice to delay gratification which leads to the fourth which is our choice to regulate mood followed by our ability to hope and focus on something to look forward to which then leads to empathy number 6 and number 7 is the choice, the focus point of controlling impulse. Hey, guys, I trust and hope that these seven key areas have been of use to you and and valuable, practical, applicable. Perhaps share these with somebody else. Uh, I would love for you to share this with people that are open to to these kinds of conversations. Uh, Very soon, I'll be recording the last podcast for 2019. In fact, the next episode will be the final episode for 2019. And we're going to be kicking off again in the middle of, or the third week of January in 2020. But so uh, there's one more episode to go. So this is episode 11. Coming up will be episode 12. We'll perhaps dedicate that to boundaries and talk about how boundaries protect our values. We'll get to that when we get to that in the next episode. Also, uh, next year, I think I may mention this in the last uh, episode, I'm also going to be re- um, interviewing some amazing people people who have been on this journey of ambition to meaning, people who have actually made it over to the meaning-driven side and have been able to stay there where they've successfully integrated ambition into meaning. And I've got people from all walks of life that uh, I've got um, lined up for you in 2020. So in 2020, we're going to be doing episodes like this, me sharing some insights, and then there's going to be other episodes sort of spread out that we'll be doing interviews with some cool people. So I trust that you'll enjoy that too. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed this episode and um, once again, if um, if I can ask for your support, if you want to head over to iTunes and uh, give me a rating, that would be fantastic. A five-star rating would be great. But whatever you feel, I want your honest truth. So that'd be terrific if you could do that. Hey, I hope this has been valuable and I look forward to uh, connecting with you once again next week for episode 12. Enjoy this one, the seven choice points, seven focus areas for the next decade. Talk soon. Have a great day, great evening, great morning, wherever you are. Talk soon. Bye for now. I'm Joe Parney and you've been listening to Insights, the podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can now follow my insights on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'm looking forward to being with you again very soon in the next episode of Insights, the podcast.